Welcome to A Dog Called Diversity, a podcast from the Culture Ministry, where we explore the themes of diversity, equity and inclusion through sharing stories of personal and powerful lived experiences, including how people have found their feet and developed their career in diversity and inclusion. We're so glad you are listening in. And if you need some help or support with your diversity and inclusion work, go to www.thecultureministry.com for more information. Katie Viviers has used mentoring throughout her career to progress from working as a genetic counsellor to the CEO of a private specialist centre. Listen in as she walks us through her career and how the support of her long-standing mentor made it possible for her to transition from clinical work to a leadership role. Katie's experience with a number of mentors sheds light on the invaluable dynamics of mentor-mentee relationships at different points in your career. Here's your host, Lisa Mulligan. Welcome to A Dog Called Diversity, everyone. I'm super excited for my guest this week. She's been a longtime friend and someone I have admired. So welcome to the podcast, Katie Viviers. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Oh, I'm so, I'm so, so excited. The main reason I invited Katie on is because she is someone who I always felt like she knew where she was heading in her career and she also knew the things that would get her there. And so one of the things that she's always had since I've known her are mentors and we're going to get into talking a bit about the mentors and she can even categorize them, which I think is really cool. Um, but I wanted to start, Katie, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, uh, maybe where you're working now, where you live, a bit about your family, stuff like that. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited about this too. I love talking about mentoring, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so I am I'm Sydney-based. Um, I'm currently working uh, at St. Vincent's Clinic and I run three uh, different businesses for the clinic actually. So uh, the clinic itself, and we've got about 340 specialist medical doctors uh, in the building, servicing up to 4,000 patients a day. So that keeps me nice and busy. Um, and then we also run two charities here. We have uh, St. Vincent's Clinic Research Foundation, which does grants for medical research. And we have um, a beautiful outreach charity called Open Support, uh, which provides programs for women and children escaping domestic violence. Um, it has um, a community connections program for people experiencing social isolation and also a transport program for people from rural and remote areas to access healthcare in Sydney. It's a hugely diverse part. And I love that you said that, you know, it's all, from your view, it's always looked like I've known where I was going. And, you know, it, it sounds mm. like, you know, when I, when I hear that, I always think of something as being a straight line. I have definitely not followed a straight line. <laughs> My career has been really, really interesting. And, and each piece, um, actually is a reflection from a piece of advice I was given from one of my mentors really early on. Eve said to me one day, Katie, just be open to opportunity. Um, and I've, I've held on to that through my whole career. And so yeah. on paper, things that look like a left turn are actually incredible opportunities that have, um, you know, that I've enjoyed. Um, you know, there's, there's not a, a single part of um, my work history that I don't go, oh, that was really cool because I did this thing or, you know, I got to play with this or meet these people. Um, and each one has led me to the next part. So I actually started clinically. Um, I started my career as a genetic counsellor um, and I worked with um, patients to explain their, their risk of inherited disease, um, which seems like <laughs> a very far cry from the journey I've had. Um, but I think fundamentally it all comes back to the same skill set. It's about 
taking something complex and changing it into the language of the person you're speaking to. So that's that's ultimately where it is. And, you know, whenever someone looks at my CV and goes, yes, but how did you go from there to clinical trials? I'm like, it's the same thing. It's just taking information and translating it for someone else. So each of those is quite different. But I've worked in so um, clinical, clinical trials, aged care, disability space, fintech for a brief while, which was possibly not my plan, but there's a story for that for perhaps another day. Um, and uh, even um, for in the not-for-profit space for um, organisations like Starlight Children's Foundation. Oh, so we first met through my husband, Aaron, because you were both doing your MBA at... at oh, through the AGSM. AGSM. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So that was that was here in Sydney and um, they did kind of like this sort of um, really fast get to know you, find five other people and then they're the five people you're going to work with for the whole year. Um, and I was very lucky to meet Aaron, um, not only for the work that we did together, because I got to meet you. <laughs> I know we've say, yeah we've, we've been friends ever since it's really yeah. nice. <laughs> it's been great but from that very first time I met you I have this sense that you always wanted to lead businesses and be a CEO yes. so tell tell me about I guess your career path and you're a CEO now but like how yeah. did you how did you navigate your way into those positions yeah, yeah. No, look, um, that's a great question. Um, and just in the, uh, one of the things we did as part of our MBA is we had to put a one page CV together and they had this thing about career objective. Um, and at the time I was working in a private medical practice, but in a fairly junior, uh, type position. And I wrote, I want to be the CEO of a private hospital or medical facility. I wrote that at that time and everyone went, Oh, you can't write that. Don't write that. That's, that's going to go out to the world. And I'm like, Yes, it is going out to the world. <laughs> so, you know, I look back now with some relief that I did achieve that, that thing. But at the time, it was huge because it didn't, it, there was no logical next immediate step. So I did work with mentors um, at that time. Um, my, my longest serving serving mentor, it sounds like a life, life imprisonment, but we actually have a very good relationship, I promise. Um, she and I have been meeting, you know, every couple of months for, for years. And I'm going to say just for 15 years because it makes it sound like I'm super young. And, you are, and that's really definitely. Good. Yeah. So, so we've only been meeting for 15 years. Um, and you know over over those times she's she's worked with me to help articulate um what it is skills that I bring to a role um and she's helped me really sort of as I said before being open to an opportunity so how do you know what an opportunity looks like um so um in terms of you know the career progression and things I don't think there's been a single role that I've had where I've gone oh I'm really unhappy I've got to find the next thing it's gone on, gee, I'm starting to, to really, um, I've learned so much in this on the opportunity yeah. point where I could actually pay attention to things happening around. So it's not that I've necessarily gone hunting for the thing. It's at a point I've got the business or the project or whatever it is that I've been working on. It's felt stable. It's felt really good. And I've gone, ah, oh. and that's been enough for me to be aware of opportunity rather than to go, you know, what's the next thing? And then from there, you start to have conversations differently if you, you know, you're open to opportunity. Um, and I think that's really good. That being said, I have also had two redundancies. So let's, let's, let's not pretend <laughs> it's all been easy and smooth sailing along the way. Um, and, uh, you know, so the challenges of moving on to the next step after redundancy too. And mentoring was particularly good in that space. I mean, I've, there've been conversations that I've had, um, where um, after a particular bit of news, I, I rang my mentor. I said, oh, we need to meet up. I know it's been a while, but I, I need to just sort of debrief this with you if that's okay. And 
she laughed and she said, Katie, pour yourself a glass of wine and call me back in an hour. <laughs> like it was some sort of prescription for good health. Um, <laughs> but it was right. But her, her point in saying that was not become an alcoholic. That's the only answer. Of course not. It was actually just nothing is so bad that you can't just take a minute and just be. Like it, it might feel like yeah. the world is ending or it's super critical. Just take a breath. We've got time. It doesn't, doesn't matter if it's, you know, if it might feel urgent because it's really emotive, but it's actually okay just to slow it down a little bit. And that, that was so useful and that's been such a great grounding thing for me um, that I've really appreciated as one of her pieces of advice. <laughs> and I don't even remember your I, question now. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was so good. Um, but I, I did want to ask that like, you've had one, I know you've had a number of mentors over your career yeah. so far. And that first one, did you share with her that you'd written down that I want to be a CEO of a hospital or a private health provider actually, you know, in I the didn't. future? You I didn't. didn't actually. I think I was actually embarrassed and not not because of what I wanted to achieve, nor did I think I couldn't get there eventually, but yeah. because of what everyone else had said to me, like, oh, you can't just put such a big goal out there. Like that's, you know, um, that, that's not how you go. This is in writing. This is going to go to future employers and they're just going to think you're too full of yourself. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting. And I, I actually don't think I shared that with her. Um, you know, I've certainly shared with her and often she's interestingly she's often had more confidence in me than I've had in me um you know there have been times where I've said oh you know I've been offered this role um I just I'm not sure and she's okay she doesn't always laugh at me but she did laugh at me and she said no just (laughs) bring them back and say yes that's just say yes um you can absolutely do it you would not be in that position otherwise and you know go for it and I'm, I'm now at a point in my career where I'm you know, believing that for myself a little bit more. Um, but it's it's lovely when you've got that type of mentor who, you know, because of sort of that long-term relationship, she's understood, um, she, she appreciates what my skills are. She doesn't get to see them in action, but she gets to hear the result of, you know, some of the challenges and how I've overcome them and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, but going back to your question about the different types of mentors, um, I think, so... But my longest mentor, as I said, is informal. You know, we, we meet every couple of months. Um, it more and more involves a meal. Um, it didn't used to, um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a lot less formal. Um, but I've had, um, I think back to one of the um, companies that I worked for, and they were looking at ways to engage their staff um, and promote uh, young leaders within the business. And they put on a, um, a mentoring piece for some of their I don't know, emerging leaders, for want of a better word. Um, and that's where they took sort of senior executives and next-level executives from, from the business, and then they matched them up with the young leaders. Now, when you have a program like that, you're given a mentor. And often, and I'm digressing, but bear with me, often with a mentor, the relationship that you form is so important. You know, you want to feel like you're actually a match, and we'll come back to that, but just don't let me forget about that. Anyway, so I was given from someone in a completely different business unit, which is not a bad thing in and of itself, but that person had a really different agenda about how they saw themselves doing this, and it was an opportunity for them as well as it was for me. Um, And so while I got value from that, it's not been my favourite type of um, mentoring that I've experienced um, because I felt that that was sort of was running more along their agenda. And I, I really believe that a mentor-mentee relationship should actually be about the mentee's goals. Now, I sit firmly in both camps as a mentor and a mentee. Um, I, I do now mentor um, on a voluntary basis for a couple of different organisations. So 
you know, a couple of years of experience has taught me that that's, that was an interesting experience from a, like what mentoring could look like. Um, mm-hmm. But it was great in terms of um, learning more about the organisation I was working within at the time and navigating some of the politics in that space. So from that point of view, I could not have got that from external. Well, I was, I was just going to say I'd, I'd had one of those experiences where I'd been matched with a mentor and you didn't have any choice and I can remember being really excited about who I'd been matched with. It was actually an external program to the organisation and a really fantastic, I thought, uh, HR leader and I was working in HR but turned out to be more about his agenda and him telling me what I should be doing rather than listening to me and trying to understand my frustrations and then offering thoughts and suggestions. And so I think that's when mentoring can go wrong and get a bad name when that kind yeah. of stuff happens. Yeah. And and it, it is a position of power, like even, mm. even though it's there for the mentee, and I think it's hard to speak up as a mentee. Um, and I think, um, you know, yeah. that that's, that's something that I would say to anyone who's is stepping into mentoring for the first time is share your expectations with your mentor, you know. So if it's yes. if it starts to go off the rails, A, you, you can notice it's going off the rails and B, it's actually okay to say, look, I'm not getting out of this relationship what I thought I was getting out of and, and find someone until you find that good match. I mean, I'm incredibly lucky to have had a mentor, one the same mentor through most of my, my, most of my career. That's pretty unusual, I think, actually. Yeah. <laughs> how did you find her? Like, and I guess not only how did you find her, but how did you know that you wanted someone like her? So she was actually the mother of someone I went to school with. Um, and it came about because I, I had said, I can't remember what I was reading at the time. It is more than 15 years ago now, so forget (laughs) that one. Um, but it was, I, I thought that I needed something that I couldn't get from, um, my studies and the people around me. Not, not that they were deficient in any way, but I, I needed something. I was going in a different direction to, to some of my, my friends, um, who were either staying clinical or had different careers entirely and I remember saying to one of my friends um, that I was just I wanted actually someone who'd done senior leadership I wanted someone who'd been successful and I really actually wanted a woman for my first mentor Um, so I had you know while it wasn't fixed criteria I kind of had a pretty good idea what I was after and she actually went oh I think my mum does that professionally and anyway so I knew her as my friend's mum and then I said to her, look, this is what I'm looking for. And it turns out she has a phenomenal board career um, and, you know, is highly sought after and highly respected, um, you know, um, executive and uh, board uh, member um, for multiple businesses across Australia. Um, so, you know, I, I lucked out there. And it, it's interesting because if I hadn't said, it was just one of those conversations that if I hadn't said that to my friend in such a way, she wouldn't have thought of a mother. Um, you know, that's not the relationship yeah. you have with you your friends parents initially anyway um so from that point of view it's sort of I got lucky I think is probably the the answer on that I have though in in years since I have gone out and sought other mentors um in in addition to for again for different things so um you know there was a period after one of my redundancies where I needed to prepare for career transition a little bit differently and and I needed someone who could help me in a way that was I think I'm going to go with more formal now 
okay um and yeah. if I you know talk about sort of the friendship that developed with my other mentor I needed something that I was going to be time bound and I wanted it you know to achieve some pretty specific things in a relatively short piece of time and so I actually did some research online I looked at different groups and things networking groups and I found um a Funnily enough, a lady, this wasn't, a woman wasn't my requirement for this time round, but <laughs> she indeed is uh, um, female. Um, and I had a paid engagement with her for um, almost 12 months, frequently in the first six months and then less frequently in the second. And that was really around, again, sort of that articulation and confidence. And because after a redundancy, as I'm sure many of your listeners would have experienced, um, you know, even if you know it's genuine and you know that all the things are there, your confidence takes a knock, um, even even yeah. if you know that it's a good thing. Um, so to be able to just sort of sound, have a sounding board against that um, and ideas that you haven't thought of and someone close to you hasn't thought of so that they, they sort of spark new ideas. Even if you go, oh, like um, one of the things she said, oh, why don't you try visiting a business like this and, um, and just be able to have ex- experiences with their clients. But I thought, well, that's interesting, but it's not helpful to me, but it sparked another idea about how I could connect with those businesses. And so that was that was really valuable. So that was quite different, as I said, time bound um, in that space, um, but perfect for the timing that I had in my career and what I was after. Yeah. Were there turning points where mentors have sparked something for you or introduced you to someone that meant you went in a different direction? Um. Yeah, there's probably there's probably two or three that immediately come to mind when you say that. Um, so, so right on early on after I I started with my my longer term mentor, um, you know I was doing I'd, I'd moved out of clinical work I was starting to do project work, um, and I was doing a, um, a business integration element which is again another story, um, and <laughs> um, that was great and that was coming to a close, and. She actually said to me, okay, well, what's next now? Like, are you, you know, what is your plan? And I'd, I enjoyed it. It was thrilling. It was a new skill set, you know, like um, massive learning curve, but really fantastic opportunity that I just had. And so I was kind of still riding the high from that. And it wasn't until she went, okay, but where's, what's next? And I had to go, oh, yeah, what is next? Good question. Um, so that was a really good thing. And about how sometimes it's helpful to have someone else give you a bit of a poke, say, Okay, cool. You did something really cool. So can you do another really cool thing? Um, that, that's really good. And so I have very, um, you know, I remember that sort of almost being a bit of an aha moment. I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, you're right. It's, it's going to be different tomorrow because that thing's almost complete. Um, and uh, then another one of the ones I would have had uh, sort of um, trying to think of a way to describe this. Um, actually, I'll give you the most recent one. Um, actually, when this this opportunity came up, I was I was headhunted for the role, and I was really enjoying where I was. You know, um, it was it was a fantastic team, small team, but I was really enjoying it. Um, uh, also in in a clinical space, and I got tapped on the shoulder for this. And weirdly, the recruiter rang me at like six pm on a Saturday night, and I was out to dinner with my family. And I remember thinking, oh, I'll just take <laughs> what I'll take this call. It was it was a, like it was kind of like what. Anyway, and I stepped out of the. The, out of the restaurant and I said oh yeah and they said oh this sounds like you we'd really love you to put in an application and I'm like oh that sounds really interesting anyway and um went back sat down with dinner finished my dinner and then the next day I woke up and went Did that actually happened that's a that's a really <laughs> weird call and in this in this day and age of you know you can't quite trust who's calling you and they, you know it's, is this some sort of scam are the cameras gonna pop out 
Anyway, and sure enough, there was an email from a very legitimate firm uh, sitting in my inbox. And I, I rang my mentor and I said, look, I've been offered this job. This is my first CEO role. And, um, and she said, it's fantastic. Why are you calling me? Do you need a reference? And I said, no, no, no. <laughs> I, do you, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm ready. Like, how do I take the step into to running the ship, um, to driving the ship, to directing the ship? And she said, Katie, you've been doing that. And she was able to reflect back at me some of the previous conversations we have that I went, oh, you're absolutely right. I am. And this is exciting. It's scary, but it's exciting. And I felt like it, I, I, it was great to hear from her that um, validation is the wrong word, but I guess support, um, you know, that someone who had seen where I've been and where I was coming from went, you know, there's a good reason they're tapping you on the shoulder, go for it. And I have not regretted it. I absolutely love this role. I've been here for two and a half years now and I think it's fantastic. Um, And I'm sure she'll come at some point and go, okay, what's next? But I'm not there yet just in case anyone's listening. (laughs) I'm very happy here. I'll ask you about that and we'll come back to that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's great. And I think one of the things, you know, when you say about defining moments, I love and am very good at navigating through change and challenge, um, you know, be that um, you know, major stresses that an organisation faces or just large change in culture or people. And so that's sort of not only am I good at doing that, but I really enjoy it. So I think that's sort of that being open to opportunity part is when things become smooth sailing again or move into a mature space, that's the part that I start to go, oh, okay, right. I'm not near that at this point. <laughs> I'm loving yeah, it. There's lots yeah. of things going on here. <laughs> um, what I also admire about you, Katie, is that you've always had mentors and you've always leaned on people for advice and support, but you're at a stage in your career now where you're giving back and you're mentoring other people. Um, so tell me about that and tell me why it's important for you to do that. Um, yeah, I I enjoy it. And I, it's a, as I said before, the, to me, mentoring is about the mentee. So, you know, when I'm in that space as a mentee and I'm talking, I'm focused on my goals, but the privilege to be able to sit with someone as a mentor and to to really focus on them I get a lot out of that I learn through that and as you say it's about listening and and hearing their goals Um, so I've been mentoring for Macquarie University's Lucy mentoring program for about 10 years now and that program um, which is run out of a number of universities in Australia is designed to help um, final year or penultimate year female business students primarily um, set them up for transition out of university Um, it runs for think about nine months um so I've I've had a number of mentees over the years Mm -hmm. um and it's it's great there's a check-in at the beginning and a check-in at the end and what happens in the middle is up to you and your mentee um and so I have had um a huge variety of mentees I've had people who um all wonderful women who are just going to be the most incredible assets or are assets to their organisations. Um, but I've had mature age students. I've had um, overseas students who don't have any network at all and are learning a culture at the same time um, and uh, to um, postgrad, undergrad and yeah. anything and everything <laughs> in between. And the thing that I say when I first meet any of my mentees is actually I'm here for you and I have no preconceived ideas about what yours is going to look like compared to the person I had last year or the year before that or whatever. And so we actually spend, you know, quite a bit of time 
I, I spend time helping that mentee decide what it is they want to get out of the session. How can I help them in this in this moment? Um, and sometimes that's you know, I had a, a lady who was re-entering the workforce after 10 years of looking after her children and she just wanted, she had all the technical skills, she had all the confidence, she just needed to refresh her network. So she was after me to help her introduce her to people and come up with a strategy for that. Cool, can do. Very different from the person who um, is too nervous to say hello and is terrified of working in, walking into an office for the first time because for some reason in their head they've built it up to be this crazy thing you see in the movies where, you know, there's people in power suits running around who don't talk to anyone and, you know, only smile at coffee time or something. Um, and, you know, these, these ideas that people have and it's just taking the time to unpack those. You know, we, we set a, a couple of goals. We're, for nine months I tend to do sort of two to three goals. Um, anything more than that, chances are it's not going to happen like, like, like they wanted to. Um, and even then from there, for me, my personal style is to say we well, set the goals life happens and if something else comes up because you are literally learning at this point it's okay as long as it's conscious okay and we can do, make it a different goal as long as you're choosing to do the other thing and if you go oh this thing's come up but I still want to do that well we're going to have to make a trade-off and that's again that's sort of the, and that's life too and so you know it's very different mentoring a younger a student who is yet to have their first full-time job, um, you know, compared to someone who's been in there for a little while. Um, and that's my other type. And I don't know how much time we have, Lisa, but I could talk forever, as you probably know. Um, but I'm also mentoring through um, the St. Vincent's Public Hospital here in Sydney at the moment, and I'm um, through their program. Um, and I'm working with, um, I don't want to identify her because she doesn't know I'm doing this, um, a, let's just call her a um, senior allied health person. <laughs> And for her, it's about demonstrating things in her team that she wants to be able to do to grow her leadership skills. Um, and that's that's a really different model, again, because that's in the workplace. And that's kind of, you know, the, the opposite of what I was describing before from when I was matched with somebody. She's been matched with me. Um, and, uh, you know, we're working through that. But I'm conscious of that based on my own experience. Yeah, you've you've spoken about a few things there that really resonated with me. I joined a mentoring program last year as a mentor and I certainly went in with some expectations about how I could add value to any mentee who I was matched with and, you know, very quickly worked out in the first couple of meetings that what my expectations were and what value I could add was not going to be any way helpful to the mentee who I was matched with. And so part of it for me was learning that that I have to meet them where they are and help them where they are. Yes. But then the other side was, you know, next time I might say I don't think I can help because it's not it's not something I'm passionate about, so I, um it wasn't something I felt like I could add anything to in her situation. So Yeah. Um and I compare that to this year. I've got my new mentee is much more where my strengths are, but being really conscious of what she needs help with, but still yeah. being able to use my strengths has been really yeah. eye opening. Yeah. Um, um it, it's you're absolutely right and that can be a challenge, you know, that it's there's not every time is a is a is a perfect mm. fit um, and you know particularly where you know I had one student who was in um, studied actuarial studies and you know like I, 
<laughs> I've got some skills, but I'm not sure I'd go that deep. Um, and, you know, absolutely brilliant young woman. Um, and she wanted to go quite deep there. So the opportunity that I had was to connect her with people in my network for her to have some more conversations with rather than trying to be all the things to that person um, because you can't be yeah. everything to everybody. It's not, you know, we've got no superpowers. In, you know, <laughs> you are a mentor and now off you go. You have all this ability to solve world peace. <laughs> it, it's largely it's reflecting back to that person um, yeah. and supporting them in, in what they have to do. So, yeah, no, it yeah. is a challenge, I agree. <laughs> yeah. What What do you think makes a good mentor? Like when you look at your mentors that have been so helpful, what what makes a good yep. mentor? Um, I think someone who is focused on you when they're with you. Um, and what I mean by that is they are in that moment with you and they're able to listen. And it's um, and I, I'm not suggesting it's any kind of counselling relationship, but it's not you're not trying to steer it in a particular way or just because you had an experience yesterday where this thing happened doesn't mean that that experience is going to help the person in front of you so it's it's just being able to just hold those thoughts and go okay great what do you want out of this and to provide some structure to the mm -hmm. conversation I think is really useful as well I mean in case you haven't picked up already I can honestly talk underwater that's that's a thing in my family um, and it was out <laughs> for me a mentor who can go okay yeah now back to here um, that I wouldn't get as much value out of things uh, um, and neither would the mentor to be honest I you know that that wouldn't be fun for anybody yeah um yeah so but I think you have to have you have to be able to click with the person um you know so both my informed one and the one that I paid uh you know that paid engagement that I was talking about I did my research and I found someone that I really wanted to work with um and she had worked in similar industries so I knew I didn't have to teach a language um around the technical skills which I think is mm -hmm. also helpful so um sometimes you want someone who's outside of what you're doing and sometimes you want someone who's got at least a connection to it for that, for some of the challenges and politics of what might be involved yeah now, I wanted to come back to your current role um, yes. because I think I like I had a goal in my career from when I, I can remember my first moving to Sydney and I was travelling and I used to go and work in London for two weeks at a time for the company I was with and it was the first time I'd realised there was, there was this thing called an expat and you could live and work overseas and I just thought that was the best and so... I never wrote it down, but I always had in my head I wanted to live and work overseas. And after some a couple of failed attempts, I finally achieved that. And I can remember sitting on a balcony in Singapore in a hot, humid night, looking at all the lights around me and being so proud of myself that I had achieved that goal. You know, really, oh shit, I did that. That's amazing. This is this moment. Also, this is this moment. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, shit, what's next? Yeah, so I've got to do it. <laughs> and, I, and I guess, you know, I know you won't have fully formed what's next, but where, you know, you've achieved this goal that you set so long ago. Yeah. Where, where's your head going next? Where, what's the next thing to learn, I guess? Um, that's a really good question. You know, um, I I haven't yet spent much time thinking about that. Um, mm. I, I I probably should. Um, as I said, I've got some really great things that I'm I'm tackling here. You know, yeah. 
it's it's unusual in that I'm running three entities. So I have each one has its challenges. It means that no two days are alike. I'm, you know, it, it, it's bubbling. I have growth plans uh, for those. Um, but in terms of, I guess, what next steps would look like, um, I actually don't know. I think I think I would like to work. No, I actually don't know. I don't it's know. okay. And it's okay it's not okay. to know, I think, at this point. You know, I'll, I'll check in with you in a, in a little while and let you know whether that's changed. But, um, no, I'm enjoying I still have things to learn here. Um, I have um, – I'm very lucky that I have a very experienced chair on my board um, and I'm, I'm learning uh, from her as well. Um, and, um, you know, it's it's great being part of this, this large network that the clinic sits within um and uh you know i'll be open to opportunity when i'm ready i think yeah <laughs> i have to get your mentor onto that get you thinking <laughs> oh she will i've got to be careful she'll be i'm not ready yet i don't want to have that conversation <laughs> no she's great um, she's very good value yeah so what would be your advice to women around mentoring like if there was one thing that you wanted other people to know about yeah. having a mentor what would that be get a mentor absolutely get a mentor. Yeah. get a mentor um and it doesn't matter if you end up with multiples over time um i think that's okay i think what what i found with a long like my really long-term mentoring relationship that's unusual you know i think yeah. sort of you know while you do want some degree of um uh, depth in the relationship because it can see you transition from from different skill sets i think you know i think probably up to three years would be like for a long-term relationship mm. um for a mentor um i think don't be afraid to ask your network as who's already doing mentoring um because even if the person you speak to is not the one you want to mentor chances are they know people already who, who do that um there is there are opportunities for um paid engagements um, through a lot of the, particularly, I know in Australia, things like women on boards um, exist and they do, you know, paid mentoring engagements. Um, and then there are others that are like um, industry-specific uh, groups uh, that yeah. exist. Um, and then there are also people who do it because they just enjoy doing. And I think if you can find, strike a balance, I, I happen to my more successful relationships have been with women by chance, not by design, other than my first mentor. I think mixed agendas is good. Uh, I think it gives you a different perspective. Like, we're, we're, as I mean, I don't preach into the converted here, but wherever you can fit diversity of thought in is really helpful um, in your career, particularly if you feel like you're stuck or don't know how to take that next step. I think that that's a really beneficial thing. And then I guess I have to finish with be open to opportunity because it's some of the best advice I've ever been given. <laughs> Thank you so much, Katie. I have been wanting to ask you about your mentors for so long. And so this was a great opportunity to oh, not only ask you. all the questions, but record them for everyone else. So thank yeah. you so much. It's a pleasure, Lisa. Thank you. At The Culture Ministry, we know how challenging and lonely it can be working in diversity and inclusion and how progress is often slow. You might be just getting started in diversity and inclusion, or you might be on your way. The Culture Ministry is here to help you with your diversity and inclusion progress. Go to www.thecultureministry.com to learn more. If you enjoyed this episode and maybe learned something, please share with your friends on social media. Give a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment. 
This makes it easier for others to find a dog called diversity.